I think you'll appreciate this. Okay. Because I think you'll realize that maybe we park our cars in the same garage. Well, hold on. We don't we don't actually park our cars in the Metaphorically. same garage. Metaphorically. <laughs> I'm saying like what I thought that metaphor meant doesn't mean that. I think I've owned up to that. I think before. it depends on who you're talking to, I guess. It does depend on who you're talking to. Some people might be like, what are you trying to say? My wife said she went to the bridge last night. Are you having sex with my wife? <laughs> no, sir. I'm saying we think alike. What's another way of saying that, I guess? That we think alike. That we think alike? Yeah, like we pick fruit from the same tree. I don't know, because I think everything you try to go there is going to be like, we're picking the same apples. Right, we're picking the same apples. Sir, we're bobbing for apples out of the same barrel. I would hope so, because if it's two different barrels, no, it's kind of gross, actually, if you think about it. The whole bobbing for apples thing. They they did away with that game at at parties up to like the 60s and 70s, didn't they? I remember doing it. You never did it when you were a kid, the bobbing for apples I remember doing it for a not. I wasn't from the 60s to 70s, so I'm saying. We're not that old? The kamikazes would never be the wiser, but you just, you you crushed it. You you killed it. You know what I'm saying? They could have been like, well, these guys really partying back in the heyday of the monster mash, you know? Now I it have, was a graveyard smash. I have hung out with some guys um, that probably partied around there. Probably okay. people that you knew as well, because oh, after okay. certain shows, we'd end up at certain people's houses. Down, yeah, down. <laughs> and those those what is it when like the two circles overlap, and it's like you have what uh, what do you have that a zenith or something? Yin and yang. It's an actual type of graph where like oh, okay. interests overlap, and it's like a circle, and like there's something that in the overlap. I don't know. Email oh, okay. us at Comic Cons Podcast at gmail.com. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But what I was gonna say was, you'll appreciate <laughs> this. The hype for this, <laughs> for this little anecdote, and when I finally tell you the anecdote, a little story, you're gonna be like, "Wow, oh, this is so dumb." But I think you'll appreciate this. All right. Maybe you won't. Unless we should just stop hyping it. Let's not stand on ceremony. We can stand on ceremony for a little bit longer. Okay. My wife told me a story. I don't even know how it came up. All right. Like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. It's from Last Action Hero, kids. All right? We don't really feel that way about our wives. Maybe the ex-wives. The ex-wives. The ex-wives. The ex-wives. It's when the ex-wives call you. You know when the ex-wives call you. Put that in the phone thing, so it's not like I'm talking with the wife. Yeah, thing. right. Uh, <laughs> it was like a friend of a friend. You know how people come into her life. Mm-hmm. I feel like Michael Keaton trying to explain to <laughs> Vicky Vale that he's Batman. I'm like, you know how there's a guy. He comes downstairs. He goes to work. Oh my God, you're married. No, I'm not married, you dumb bitch. I'm Batman. No, he never said that. It's okay. It was PG-13. He would never. He was almost there. Although it is kind of cool that Joker said, come here, you gruesome son of a bitch. Like, I think about that sometimes. Like I just watched it again the other day, you know, because mm-hmm. I mean, I never get tired of watching it. And I'm like, he said that in a PG-13 movie, like the first Batman movie for kids in 1989. For kids! It really wasn't for kids, I guess, because... As the bat plane's approaching before it misses every shot imaginable, you know, and then he takes out the elephant gun. He's like, come here, come here, you gruesome son of a bitch. He says that, you know, it's kind of a dark thing to say. You know, there's got to be kids in the audience in 1989, like eating the popcorn, like nobody batted an eye. They were just like, <gasps> you know. Especially because he pulled that big old gun out. Speaking of eyes, nobody batting eyes. This guy, apparently a friend of a friend, threw a wife, spouse, cousin's next cousin, neighbor's dog had to get his eye replaced. 
Like he lost all vision. The dog or the guy? The guy. Okay. I'm saying, but it was through, I don't know how he, yeah, through over the hills, through the woods, through grandmother's house, something like that. How he knew him. I don't know. I don't even know him. But my wife's telling the story, right? And I'm driving. And so I'm thinking like, my mind starts playing out this movie with her voice slowly trails off. You know, she's telling me this story. And I go, he's going to get a replacement eye, right? And before I can think about like the guys upstairs in my warehouse that are working, they're like, your wife's telling a story. You got to pay attention. Pay attention, but also drive, drive, pay attention to the road. <laughs> and so I got guys up there in the filing cabinets. One guy's on a cigarette break way too long. His boss is yelling at him to come in. The secretary's complaining because he, I guess the train, the trainer training is like really over the hill and they really need to revamp their training program. Anyway, HR's a mess up there, right? So <laughs> all of that's going, that commotion's going. She's telling a story about this guy getting an eye, an eye, you know? So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, He's going to get a replacement eye. And then there's like somewhere there's an eye bank where like people die and they take their eye, kind of like organ donors, yeah. right? So there's a room somewhere where they take the eye, you know, and put it in the people, the people that need it, right? I don't know if that's a real place or a real thing, but I feel like it is. I feel like I'm not, I feel like I saw that somewhere where there's a little fridge somewhere in a town in Connecticut somewhere where they keep all <laughs> the eyes, you know? Anyway. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, what if like a serial killer died? And then this guy now gets the serial killer's eye. Well, then he's like going to wake up. So anyway, all this is going on in the brain. And the guys upstairs are like, blah, blah, you know, they're filing all the, come on, move that over here. And there's a big filing cabinet that just came in. They don't know where it goes. Facilities is like, we didn't move it upstairs. The third floor is like, that goes downstairs to the basement. Anyway, it just blurts. It comes out and I go, Wait, is he going to get like a replacement eye? And then like that eye could be like from a serial killer. And like all of a sudden it's like, he's got the serial killer eye. And she goes, no, he's just going to get surgery on the eye. He's not, he's not getting a new eye. And they, that doesn't happen. Were you even paying attention to me? And then I just go right back to driving. And it's like, oh, so much for fiction. So I was right there with you because I was thinking Minority Report where he buys the bag of eyeballs from the guy from the street and changes Well, his there you go. Out. See, you are right there with me. See, I knew you'd get it. So it took me forever and a day to get there. But it just... We park know, our cars in the same garage at the same time. The same time. Losing his mind. And I'm reaping all the benefits. Let's not stand on ceremony here. We have blood to spare. You're like some desperate howling demon. You frightened me. Do it again. People have accidents. Frank, what are you saying? I'm saying people have accidents, that's all. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate a bill. Welcome to Comic-Cons, a geek podcast for the rest of us who are the motherfucking rest of us. Who are the motherfucking rest of us? My name is Nick Stevens. And I am your host, but in a way, aren't we all... Nick Stevens. Nick Stevens, yes, and thank you, sir, kind sir, from over the hills and far away, 
Mr. Jimmy Golden, kind of like Johnson. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Isn't the energy pumping right now? It is. Because we haven't done an in-person guy right now. I know we haven't. In a while. I said we haven't done an in-person guy right now. We haven't done one in a while. We haven't. Right. We've just been sharing pics back and forth. I know. I know. Sharing pics. Mm. Like a long-distance relationship. All right. right. (laughs) Swipe left. Swipe right. Swipe left. Swipe right, right, right. Which one's which one's into it? Which one's out? Not into it. I don't know. We don't know because it's we're not think, in that world. I think if you swipe right, I don't know. I don't know. I know if you swipe up, it takes you to the t-shirt shop. That's all I know. <laughs> Isn't it uh, funny to think of how things are so different even from like the time that we met our wives versus now the way kids are doing it I cannot imagine what it's like to be out there in the dating game one minute you're out there and you think you're talking to Linda you know what I'm saying she shows up on your doorstep and and it's Lou (laughs) or Lou (laughs) it's Stevie Lou first you think it's Linda Stevens and then it's Stevenson Lousies yeah it's it's a scary world out there and I don't know and I feel like well we could talk all night about that but Sad too, because it is kind of sad. My wife watches that catfish show, and like you just see some of the heartbreak, and some of these people are just like, I just, I'll, dude, I don't that, care. that catfish movie. Oh, I didn't see. That. I never really saw. I, I've seen a few episodes of the show with with the wife, but we saw that movie like when it first came out. That shit's intense, man. You know, and it does kind of move you because there are people. It just it just reminds you that there's so many different small corners mm-hmm. of the world. Well, I mean, especially like in the United States, where like there's just these little small towns. That exist that you drive by on the interstate all every day. Maybe you're going to the beach and you pass by like three of them. And within those small towns, there's like little factions of people, and you just never know. You know, there's just lonely people out there, and they all want to be loved. They do. You know? And some of them want to love so much to the point where they maybe you know take a couple of DNA samples and lock you down in a cellar somewhere. And it puts the lotion on the skin. It puts the lotion on the skin. There's been. You know, he has been referenced way too many times on this show, and we should probably get away from that because people are going to start wondering, like, what else does he keep in the garage? Hank? Secrets. Hey! Would you relax? Okay? Jesus. He didn't even really get a word out, did he? He was kind of like, uh, I don't know if you figured this out, kids, but Hank is Nick Stevens. I don't know. We are one in the same. <laughs> If you, were ever wondering, if you were ever wondering if I really had a strange man in my garage, I realize this might be the same thing as killing the bit. Officially tonight, I think I'm killing it. Hey, come on, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He'll probably come back on some solo episodes. You know what I'm saying? You know I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Tonight, we are talking about Fright Night as we inch into October. All right. You know, it's, it's, the, it's the first weekend week of October. And we are, and we are just feeling the love, you know. Sure. The like, Halloween decorations are everywhere. Candy corn is in the store, which I'm probably one of the few that likes it. But that's I okay. love candy corn. Right, it's good. We it's kind of addicting. Our, we do park our cars. We do park our cars <laughs> in the same garage or in the same garage. <laughs> hmm? ah. We're so '90s too with our humor. So many people out there are like, well, that's so offensive, you know? People don't say gay anymore. They say, you know, whatever the <laughs> non-offensive word is. 
I don't know what they say. I, I don't know what they say. They say queer. All right. Steers and queers. Oh, my God, Hank. That was Hank, not Nick Stevens. Wait, I already said that they were the same guy. Never mind. So we're talking about Fright Night. From the 80s, 1985, I was not a toddler when I saw this movie because I didn't see it in theaters. However, I did see it on the VHS. My mom is notorious. I would say was, but she's still with us. But she is and was notorious for renting these films of an R-rated nature and showing them to her small children. So I think I was about six or seven when I saw this. Was she aware? Totally aware. Okay. <laughs> like, and I just didn't know if she was one of those ones who just bought things and was like, oh. No, she, uh, she would like, so it was like slim pickings. You know, you go to yeah. the embassy because we were overseas. I lived in a houseboat in Spain. <laughs> and <laughs> we'd be overseas. And, uh, you know, you go to the embassy and they have the commissary downstairs. And it was kind of slim pickings because you're competing with all the other uh, foreign service military people that are, you know, stationed over there. And uh, sometimes you had to get movies that um, had been out for a few years, you know, yeah. maybe one or two copies. Remember the, the day of the VHS. So it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, you're just endlessly streaming, you know. Oh, I really want to see that. So, and it was always stuff like sci-fi, fantasy. Very little was it horror. But if it involved vampires, she was into it. You know, so I watched Lost Boys at a young age. I watched Vamp at a young age. If you don't know, you Google. It's probably one of the most graphic vampire movies of all time. And then, of course, it'd be the fun in-betweeners like Naked Gun and and Weekend at Bernie's. I was going to say, Once Bitten would have been Once, the same You know, it's funny. Vampire. Once Bitten she was not one of the ones. You would really? think it would be because, you know, vampires. My mom had her own trifecta. You know, <laughs> vampires, um, vampires, swords or something like that, you know? <laughs> Um, but she loved sci-fi, fantasy, horror, that stuff. So we watched Fright Night, and I had to be like six or seven. I was about seven when I watched RoboCop. Um, that's an honorary mention because you got to mention yeah. that movie at least once every episode. Nothing wrong with that. And by the way, we are in person in the garage, so we're doing the six feet of separation here. And I, that's why I, t- I turned my head away from the mic this time to burp. Not because I care about offending you guys, uh, the listeners, or you fucks, but I wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, breathing any particles on him. I don't think I got the COVIDs, but then again, you know. You never know. My nose could be gushing blood. And I, look, I got to say, my sister followed suit, my older sister followed suit and, like, loved the world of vampires and, and, and culty horror type stuff. And this movie stands out for a lot of different reasons. I think one of the reasons why it stands out, stands out and is still a favorite of mine, I own it, from the voodoo's, and I, and I wanted to get you on board for this one yeah. to help me bring in the October, um, because to me, it, just, it, it, it reminded me of a lot of the kind of horror stuff that you like. There's a little bit of camp to this, but it's like well-intentioned camp, mm-hmm. and I think it's on purpose camp. And then there's like some humor to it. And it's also like one of those things where, yeah, it's kind of predictable. You kind of figure out what's going on. And maybe it's been told before, but it hasn't been told this way before. Yeah. You know, my next door neighbor is a vampire. Okay. Hilarity ensues, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But our lead character witnesses crazy shit from his bedroom window. So it almost has like a Hitchcockian hmm, rear window style to it as well. You know, when Jimmy Stewart's like peeping through the... It does. Uh, fucking uh, his binoculars. And, and, and there's somebody over here killing somebody. I don't know why I gave him that voice. He's like, hold on, I can do better. <clears throat> now, now, now there's, there's so, someone killed, killed somebody over there, Margaret. Yeah. 
Hold on, I can do better than that. That's not, that's not, hold on. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. Oh, Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. There you go. That's better, right? <laughs> oh, Margaret, somebody's killing somebody over here. I don't even know if her name was Margaret. But you know what I'm trying Where's to get at? mom, so. <laughs> Yeah, he's with his mom, all right? Charlie Brewster, right, is our main character? Mm-hmm. He's in high school, though, so he's a lot of with his mom. He's in high school. He's got a steady girlfriend that he's trying to rape on a regular basis. He- yeah, I was going to say, in, in the light of things, as a protagonist... The first few moments, you don't really like the character. He's like forcing himself on his girlfriend. Right. He's very forceful. I mean, we get it. Like the hormones are raging, but he's very like, oh, come on, Amy. Just touch it a little. And she's like, <laughs> no. And on the other end, like she's very like, they're both very like old people, right? Mm-hmm. They're like old people in teenage bodies. Because even her reaction's like, Charlie, no, I'm not. You know, it's not like it's very, they're both very like, <clears throat> I don't know if that's just the way they were told to play it. They're obviously in their like late 20s playing yeah. teenagers. Who's the girl that plays Amy? I don't even know. She was from Married with Children. Yes. She was the um, neighbor. I always thought she was kind of hot. With that short hair, you know? And then, of course, she was with uh, I'm Not Handsome Dan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The guy that, <laughs> <laughs> If John were here, he'd do it. Okay, kids? Uncle John. God rest in peace. He's not dead. I know he's not dead. It's a joke. You killed the bit. It's October. God damn it. But Charlie mm-hmm. finds out there's a new neighbor in town right next door. And he's up all hours of the night, you know. But Charlie's a horror enthusiast. He stays up every night watching this old campy PBS, uh, what is it, Public like a public access kind of horror show. Like it was with Peter Vincent. Peter Vincent, played by the excellent Roddy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. He did an amazing job with that. He did an amazing job with that. Now I don't. Now, I remember Elvira and stuff like that growing up, but I don't know if there was one specific, like, similar kind of show that I grew up watching because I was never like into horror like that. My sister was, so I'd watch what she would get me into, but I never, I never pursued it. You know, I would never, I never watched all the Freddies. I never watched all the Jasons. Yeah, and see, I think for me, like a lot of the slasher ones, like, like Jasons and stuff, I grew up more on those. I think I remember seeing like. Some of those ones when I was like five or four, like in, when we lived in Maryland and stuff like that. I remember coming out, my parents were watching it, but my aunt would send me to my room. My parents wouldn't. She'd be like, you right. don't need to see this. You don't need to see this. <laughs> like, I'll watch it tomorrow. It's hilarious because my mom would put this kind of shit on for us. And this movie has some gory fucking gore, and we'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. But it, no tits. The second any tits came on screen, my mom was like, hold it, hold it, cover your eyes, cover your eyes, cover your eyes. Peter Weller getting blasted away 50 million times, you know, that's okay. But snorting coke up hooker's ass, pump the brakes, you know what I mean? And there's no, there's no coke getting snorted off a hooker's ass in this movie, but it's still got a little bit of sexy time in it. It does. That's you know? with the binoculars and the, the very like soft corn saxophone playing at yeah, that moment. Yeah, soft corn saxophone, yeah. <laughs> Because he witnesses the, the the guy next door, played by Chris Sarandon. At first, he's like necking, and then he's not necking, and then he ne- and then not only does he neck, but the fucking fangs come out. Mm-hmm. At this point, you have to ask yourself, um, well, first of all, who wouldn't watch? You're in high school. <laughs> you're not getting laid, because Amy's fucking prude. You know what I'm saying? Never goes anywhere. Um, and then he notices his hand, his hand change, though. Right. Because it's got the long nails. Yeah, the long he's got, like, nails. Coke snorting fingernail. But they just 
didn't the fingers grow longer too? Yeah. yeah. And he tells his buddy, like evil Ed. <laughs> Is he his friend? Is he really? Let's talk about that. And by the way, kids, we are talking about the 1985 original. I don't know if I made that apparent before. There was a remake of this movie. Movies. Okay, okay. Because there was a remake with Colin Farrell, and it was, it was pretty good. It was good. Farrell. Um, Farrell. Farrell? Yeah, I, I just don't have how to pronounce his name, because we got Farrell, Will Farrell, and then Farrell. Oh, I always say Farrell for both. Will Farrell, Colin Farrell. They're both... Well, they're one spelled with F-A, which is... Nah, you still, Colin, pr- you still pronounce him Farrell. <laughs> so that's why You still pronounce him Farrell. Farrell. I don't know if Ed's a true friend or if it's just if Charlie is just such a nerd, doesn't have any friends. This is and the kind of people he attracts. And that's and that's the guy that kind of hangs around with him. I get the feeling that they grew up together in grade school and then they just kind of stuck around. Because mm-hmm. Ed's over at his house, but he's a weirdo. At one point, he goes to Ed's house to tell him about uh, the vampire, and he's like, oh, "What do I do?" You know, and he tells him, "Well, you just as long as he's not invited into your home, you gotta wear some garlic. You gotta fucking." Use this cross, you know, because apparently he knows more about vampires than Charlie does, even though Charlie's watching Peter Vincent every night, yeah. you know. But Ed is also, like, kind of making fun of him as he's telling it, too. Like, it's almost like all the stuff that he's he- ever heard, like, in his life. So he's just... Right. But, so. I don't, but I don't understand why, even in the 80s, like, there'd been plenty of vampire movies. We all know the mm-hmm. myths. If you really think you saw something, if you really thought you saw a vampire, like, and it was true in your own heart, you know? Never mind the fact that you try to tell James motherfucking Schuler or the Monomoto or your boy Nick Stevens over here and we don't believe you. You know what you got to do. Mm-hmm. First of all, the cross. Yep. That's an obvious one. <laughs> That's obvious. And then the garlic, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to need you're not going to need that from me. You're already going to have that because you've seen enough vampire shit in your lifetime to be like, oh, "Okay, here's the deal. Here's what I got to do." Yeah, I think the only one that's newer to me in the last maybe 10 years was the inviting them in. Okay. Because okay. I, I don't think that was just part of my mythos, but I've seen it show up a lot more in movies in the last 10 years. I think I saw, I can't remember if I saw this or Lost Boys first. I, I know I was really long, young when I saw both. But I think Lost Boys might have been the first time I heard I saw that. So I guess I must have, it was either this movie or Lost Boys that I first heard of that rule. But you know, yeah. well, you have to invite them in. That and of course, been Buffy. Sorry, because we did Buffy. Oh yeah, but was, Buffy was later though. It was in like yeah. the 90s, but yeah. still. But that seems to be a thing, mm-hmm. a running theme. Like they have to be invited in, you know? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> what was your take on this? You hadn't seen this before. I've seen this a million times. I own it. So I'm talking, I feel like I'm no, I, dominating the conversation. What was no, your, what was your I take? I loved it. I loved it. I thought it, I thought it was great. Um, you talk about like the creepy neighbor moving in. This very mimicked, but the house also reminded me of that same house. And I almost wonder if it's the same set from the Burbs. Oh my like, God! It totally was because that it was it was all on a set. It's the same set from uh, Monsters, uh, Monster Squad. The <laughs> same set from the Burbs. I don't actually know those kids, by the way, but I'm just saying, like that house it, looks exactly. Of the course, same. this was definitely a set and not a real location. You can just tell because even when the cop car drives off, he turns a corner and like there were like two best got gri- two best grips and a gaffer like standing over there with like a sound and editing guy like whoa whoa slow it down. And uh, all I think of is, is the Truman Show. See, red car. See, they just keep going around. They just go <laughs> going around, running around. <laughs> and if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So good, <laughs> such a good movie. <laughs> um, but no, I thought I thought it was great. Like I said, once you got past the first two scenes, really of your introduction with Charlie, which is the forcing on his girlfriend, and then his pervy in the room, then you kind of feel bad for the kid because like nobody believes anything that he's trying to say. 
And it's and it has a little bit of a, a boy cried wolf kind of thing at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, okay, Charlie, we are you fucking crazy? Because he tries to convince a cop, right? Because he saw them. He sees his neighbor and his goon. You know, more on him in a little bit. Uh, carry a coffin, like a fucking coffin. It's just two of them. And I, I want to say at one point, like it looked like he just lifted it with one hand. But maybe I'm confusing with another movie. I don't know. Sometimes I merge other movies together. Yeah, it looked like they were both carrying it because okay. they, they were carrying it into the cellar. And... Right. So he's like, get rid of Bonnie in there, you know. So he gets, he goes to the police station and he comes back with none other than the cop from Die Hard Two, you know. And he wasn't a cop in Die Hard Two. He was the airport police traffic controller or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to go to this side so we can get that satellite. He's just kind of a guy, you know. And he shows up. The goons like, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I don't have anything. You know, but we can go take that, go downstairs and take a look if you want. And then he blows his cover when he tells him it's a vampire and stuff like that. Like, why would you say that? Like, you know, the cop's not going to believe you, you know? Because he's a teenage kid. He was... He's a grown ass man and he's an <laughs> idiot. Well, here, here's the thing. Why would you not say that this hooker that they have on the news, you saw her. She asked you specifically about that guy right. pointed where his house is. Right. Wouldn't that like strike investigation at that point? Just... Right. You would, you would think that would, that would pique his interest. You yeah, know? but he never mentions her. Never mentions no. that. Hey, the, no. the girl in the news that you're looking for, she asked me and went to that house. Right. I saw her. I saw her go in that house. The one that's missing, I saw her. And by the way, apparently you can just order hookers at broad daylight in this nice neighborhood. Like the neighborhood watch is not doing their job. Like, hold on a second. That woman went in that house. Like she, she, she took a ta- she took a cab there. Yeah, but still, <laughs> she was dressed nice. I'm, she was. That's true. It wasn't like she screamed. I guess she didn't scream prostitute. It's not like she got yeah. dropped off in the prostitute van, you know, with like clowns running around, like they're doing like fucking Chinese fire drills tassels at every stop and all of that stuff. So she was good. Chinese fire drills and tassels <laughs> and fucking beagles coming out the asshole. You know, nobody knows what's going on. Crazy fucker. He's wanted in six states for fucking a chicken and raping a... What is that from Black Sheep? Quiet back there. <laughs> Had enough of your guff for one day. Crazy fucker. He's wanted in six states for fucking a... I don't even know what it is. No, I, I didn't know what you're talking about. He's like, oh, that's... And he just smiles. <laughs> He's like, Do you have any idea how fast you were going? I don't know. I got the turbo shit in the back. It must have been easy, like a nice 65, 70 tops. Seven. Seven, seven miles an hour and normally when i pull people over they pull over to the shoulder he's like in the middle of the fucking road oh it's so good we're talking about black sheep tonight kids uh taking calls call in when you want there's no cars no fucking laugh all right thanks for ruining the bit um <laughs> but you know the whole the whole film is taking place in charlie's bedroom or the vampire's house like, that's true for the most part it is very contained there's one scene where they're at a club there like is. a nightclub, and it's like it's an intense nightclub. These clubs from the eighties, man. I was I was gonna say that because I was watching an eighties movie tonight before I came over here, and I haven't finished it yet. But what be- are you watching? Best Years, Kurt Russell, Robin Williams. I've never seen it. Hmm. Um, oh, they're like high school f- football players. Football yeah. players, and they grow up and they have different lives. Yeah, and Robin Williams was like the guy who dropped the ball, so they want to relive the old game and like. Went back to oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, but they're in this bar, mm-hmm. and it's got like the velvet floor, like the lounge leather thing. But every scene 
and bar scenes in the 80s, like, you just see this smoke of haze. You're like... Did every bar in the 80s or every club in the 80s look like a strip club? I feel like the feel way like strip clubs look like now is what every regular I've never bar... Been, so I couldn't tell you if like that's <laughs> yes or no. But they do. They all have like that velvet and like the satin and the very, very low dim lights. And there's like a smoke machine somewhere. You don't know why it's even there. But see, I, I kind of wonder because it was the 80s with everybody smoking. Was it a smoke oh, machine? Yeah. <laughs> was it just, just like everybody, everybody on, on cast just, just smoking? Billowing. <laughs> yeah, just billowing in. Everyone's just kind of swimming through it. You know, yeah. we're like breathing it in. Like, let me get some of that. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, there is a club scene where Jerry, you know, mm-hmm. the vampire neighbor... Uh, shows up to stalk Charlie and Amy. This is after he's bitten Ed in the neck. Poor evil Ed. Ed, man. What is it about that actor, too? He's The way he plays him, he's just... <laughs> Charlie! <laughs> he's so fucking gnarly. And I don't mean gnarly like gnarly calamari. I mean gnarly like... Like you fucking... You're riding your bike. You fall off your bike. And it's the kind of fall tumble that's like an awkward tumble, like half of you's on the bike when you fall, the other half of you's on the cement. And you do that fucking skid on the knee, you got shorts, and it rips open a flap of skin. That's a gnarly fucking, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's how the the word gnarly is really supposed to be used. And that's kind of how like he reminds me. He's just he's just gnarly and like he's the crunchy piece of the Chick-fil-A nugget that's not even like chicken. And it's not delicious. Like, you think it's going to be delicious, and you eat it in any way, and you're like, oh, that was yeah. just, ugh. It's not like the crunchies from Long John Silver's. Or the crunchies from KFC. Yeah. So. Mm, God. I think I just came in my pants. I don't know. I don't know if he was told to act that way, or if that's I think that was, that, yeah, was choice, that was a choice. That was a choice, man. That was a choice, because I IMDb'd that motherfucker. Zero credits. I think he did, like, did nothing after that. And <laughs> we know why. We know why. Uh, one interesting thing about this movie that, that kind of reminded me, the cast loved this movie a lot. Did Chris they? Sarandon did not want to do it right away. He was uh, he had done Princess uh, Bride as the villain. Uh, Princess Buttercup. Um, and uh, he had done a few other things. I think um, he had done like some, some Broadway stuff as well. Theatrically trained actor, Susan Sarandon's brother. Um, that's, that has anything to do with his qualifications as an actor. I just thought it was a fun little tidbit. But he wasn't, he was hesitant. I guess he saw the script and like fell in love with it. He loved the idea of, of this neighbor moving in and, and, and Charlie being the one kind of antagonizing him to bring it out. And then of him ultimately at the end being a real vampire. Like it wasn't just all in his mind. It was like, yeah. you know, so I mean, it's a horror movie, but like I said before, it's done very differently. It is. It, I feel like the remake was a little bit darker. It was. A little less camp of what of this one was, but right. it's a little bit darker. And I think a lot of the cast had an allegiance to this film. I mean, Charlie comes back for the second one, mm-hmm. along with Roddy McDowell. And the second one is good, by the way. And not the 2013 direct-to-DVD one, kids. There was a 1989 one, I think, that came out. Mm-hmm. 1989 or 1998. And it's solid. It's out of circulation. You can't find it anywhere, but you can get like a... I think you can order one like off Amazon, but you can't find it. Yeah, they're a, like seventy six bucks though. I'd you like. can't find a digital. I own it. I own a copy. All right, I'll have to. And we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, the cast loved this movie so much that when the DVD for this movie came out, like in the early two thousands, there was no special features. It was just like a trailer. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. special features, the trailer. Like wait, thanks for taking my dick and putting it in a blender. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, and especially for early 2000s, like when DVD extras is all the rage. Like mm-hmm. when you would actually go buy a DVD 
looking for like a gag reel, looking, looking for, for something commentary at the very least. Yeah. No commentary. So what the cast did, this is my roundabout way of getting to the point. The cast did, they recorded their own commentaries and went to some like local company to do like pirated, pirated versions of commentary for the DVD that you could download. Isn't that cool? That is cool. That's how much they love the movie. And they would show up at horror cons before horror cons were, well, I guess not before. I mean, it was in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. They were still showing up for horror cons to talk about this movie. That's cool. So, I mean, the people that made this movie were very passionate about it. Tom Holland, the director, went on to do a ch- one of the Child's Play movies, and he brought Chris Sarandon back uh, to play one of the cops in that movie. So, I mean, the unit, the directing, the photography unit, cinematography unit, wardrobe, everybody was a close-knit group, and they all worked really hard on this to, like, make it what it was. No one, no one looks back on this going, yeah, it's some shitty fucking vampire movie I did back in... Which, to me, is just kind of cool, because it is kind of a campy... It is. I, I mean, it could be it could be set aside like that, but it. I mean, there's just so much into it that that you love. Like each each actor, I feel like gives it their very best right. to it. Um, even Peter Vincent, like that. Let's talk about him. He was just he was just amazing. He's just like, amazing. Roddy McDowell's great. The way he performs him is like this believer, but then you just find out it's just an act the whole time because. It's amazing. It's kind of like Last Action Hero, like a kid who just thinks his hero actually has fought these vampires. <laughs> well, it's kind of like Galaxy Quest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Tim Allen plays a very, very much a, a Shatner character. He does. And then, you know, he's kind of, at this point, he's at the end of his career. He's showing up to cons. He's showing up to cons late because he's like, I don't give a fuck. And he's drunk half the time. And then he starts to believe, you know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like that with Roddy McDowell in this movie, like, I believe when when Charlie goes to get him, he's being fired. Well, he's being yeah. fired. Like the show's ended. Like people don't give a fuck anymore. You know, people are falling asleep behind the camera. They, they don't care. Yeah. And and so he's he think, at first he just thinks he's talking to like a crazy fan. So he humors him, you know, only to like give uh, the vampire Jerry, I guess, fake holy water. Like it wasn't real holy water. And uh, he goes to this like ridiculous test at his house, which again is kind of fucking crazy. Like you just meet some kid and agree to go to this guy's house mm-hmm. to like do a vampire test. Because <laughs> I guess the, I guess was it Charlie's girlfriend Amy and Ed that convinced him to do it? Because yeah, okay, because Charlie's going crazy. We're just really worried about him. It's like okay, and they, pay, and they paid him. Oh, they did pay him. That's why. Yeah, because he's plot hole kids. Because you know he did pay him though. So it was it like five hundred bucks or some shit? Something like that. It was. It wasn't a lot of money, but like he needed it was the money. A lot of money then. Five hundred. Five hundred in nineteen eighty-five. I don't know. Five hundred probably did go a long way then. You could probably buy half a house, <laughs> a limo, and a prostitute, and get her delivered to your door in a taxi. I wonder if Jerry had to pay the taxi cab fare, or have his goon pay the taxi cab fare for the prostitute, or if she just rounded that up in the cost. Of course, I guess we never found out. No. Nope. Because he killed her. So the goon, is he a zombie? What is he? Let's talk about that. So vampires have, <laughs> vampires in vampire lore have crypt keeper type um, goons mm-hmm. that can essentially watch over their affairs while they're sleeping. And then, I know we're not talking about the sequel, but the sequel has at least five to six extra fun characters that are not quite goons, but extra vampires there's a, there's a wolf man there's a big fucking Schwarzenegger looking guy who eats bugs um there's it's a lot of fun it's a much better movie than this one there's a lot of extra flavor and lecture 
ugh, crunchy. <laughs> um, but I guess that's a thing. I guess vampires have uh, keepers. And he, so he's like, at first you think he's a regular guy. But then you're like, wait a minute. They shoot him and he gets right back up and he starts leaking fucking green. When does he start melting? When does he pull the raid of the Lost Ark? When does he start melting? When he gets staked? Is it after he gets staked in the heart? Yeah. So they stake him, but he's not a vampire, but he just starts fucking melting. Mm-hmm. And like green ooze is coming out. They've shot him in the head. They Yeah. Um, they shoot him. He falls down the stairs. He gets back up. They shoot him in the head. They think he's dead. He gets back up. And the makeup is great, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it still holds up. It's got, when his eye, when the blood's coming out of his eyes, you know? What was your take on that? No, I thought it was great. Like I said, I, I just... I Don't you, like, laugh when you see that shit, but it's, like, a good laugh? It's not like you're laughing at it. You're kind of like, yeah, this is awesome. It is. Um, have you ever seen Brain Dead, Peter Jackson? I have not. Okay. I old mean, school, old school Peter Jackson. Yeah, old school Peter Jackson. Just there's an amazing scene in there. Just so much gore, but it's so fake. It's so over the top. Over the top, where he straps a lawnmower to his chest. The protagonist does, and he cuts it on, and he holds it, and he just spins around, like killing all of these zombies that are running. That's ahead. fantastic. But it's like super, like pink, you know, blood. Yeah, so yeah. Like, but it's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, it's like it's kind of reminds me of the Evil Dead shit too. Yeah, with like that. It's like that that. Practical effects, the practical effects mixed with, well, really just practical effects. I mm-hmm. mean, and there's always something squirting. I mean, I fucking miss squibs. Remember in Robocop when he gets fucking blasted? Yeah. And those squibs are fucking, and that syrup is going everywhere. I miss that shit, man. When Ed 209 blasts the fuck out of that guy in the office, <laughs> you know, I miss that shit. I know. You don't see, you don't see it. Yeah. It's lot. all, it's all digital and CGI now. And it's like, it's like a little powder. And it's, I don't know. We need more blood and gore. We do. Then again, TV's come a long way. Yeah, it has. I mean, I think some of the shit we see on TV is like, like I think Walking Dead for a while there did a really good job with like the gore and the fucking practical effects, the zombies and the flesh. And and, and it was amazing what some of the TV's, TV has done because it's not like it's, it doesn't look cheesy or campy like it kind of used to. Yeah. Um, like that old live action Swamp Thing show. <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff. <laughs> but I think, I think it's great. And you talk about like his little Crypt Keeper guy. Like Dracula Dead and Loving It had the same with the, oh, the guy God. from Ghostbusters 2. Um, it's Manfield. Man. It's a real character from like the books. Mm-hmm. His his keeper or his helper. I know Renfield. 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 Because yeah, when he jumps out, he's like, "I fly." You right. don't. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Renfield is even in the. Um, I can't remember who plays him, but he's even in the Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Okay, we're, we're, we're going to be doing that soon at some point. Can I need. You? I need to see it. I need to see it too. Apparently, I've never seen it. Really? Um, isn't it? Is it or is it not weird how Jerry, the vampire, has a painting of Amy in his house before even meeting Amy? Yeah. Can we talk about that? (laughs) Charlie finds a painting and it looks just like, are we to believe that maybe because vampires are fucking scouring the earth for centuries, that maybe he knew an Amy back then? 
that just looked like her. Yeah, well, and I think that's what I, th- I think that's because his little um, goon says that he's like he, she looks just like her, like because um, I watched it more recently. Okay, okay. And th- there is a throwaway line that she looks just like her, but I feel like there isn't there another movie. So maybe that's why he turned her and wanted to keep her around because he looked like Amy. Yeah, he looked like somebody else that yeah <laughs> that he um, he fell in love with. And I feel like there's another movie that's the same way that's like that. Like, She's kind of hot when she turns into the vampire. Am I right? <laughs> Like her hair comes down and all of a sudden she has really long hair. I know. And, Where did that come from? And then she's, you know, her, she's in this nice uh, long satin gown that's that's hugging every single curve that you, that you didn't notice. <laughs> and then she gets the jaw and like the long fucking, if you, if you look at the cover of this movie, that's her face in the clouds, kids, with the fucking long, sagacious, wide opening, you know, gaping maw or maw, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, the effects on that too. I wonder if that was really her and all that makeup too. I, I always run that too with like an actress because especially the hair was longer. So like the time to put into like, make sure that your hair is long and all of that. And even, um, evil Ed when he becomes the wolf, which, oh yeah, that was new to the lore for me. Like a vampire being a wolf. Cause you're well, always I think- used to the vent. You always use them changing in the bats, bats right? Yeah. But I think they can change into different animals. I think that's one thing that um, Dracula was all about, that he could transform into various creatures okay. of the night. Um, and I thought that was cool, too. You know, Because at first, we think we've seen the last of Ed after fucking Charlie burns a cross in his forehead. But no, he comes back with a vengeance. <laughs> he's gnarly as a vampire, though. He is. You know? And when he's hiding in the bed... <laughs> the good gnarly or the... Did he kill Charlie's mom? I don't think we know. We don't know. No, she was working late. Oh, okay. She worked overnight. Okay. Because um, Peter Vincent thinks that something's happened to her. He runs upstairs. He sees a Raggedy Ann doll in the bed and thinks it's his mom because he's retarded. <laughs> and he pulls back the blankets <laughs> and it's Evil Ed. And yeah, he atta- he tries to attack him as a wolf, but he gets him with the fucking stake. Doesn't he go through the, the, the railing and falls through the railing and then mm-hmm. that's how he gets impaled? Oh man, then it's kind of sad because you see him like crawling and he transforms back into yeah, he's, like, Ed. Dragging his legs. Does he then... say anything? He's like, why? I don't know if he says help or not. I can't. I can't, can't remember. But he does reach for him. But then like the the cross that was burned on his forehead, everything he turns back into yeah. the kid. Like he's. It's kind of fucked. Yeah. It's like the end of Lost Boys when it's like, Kiefer Sutherland turns back into the young boy he once was. After being impaled by the antlers, mm-hmm. and you hear that song in the background, "Thou shall not kill." Those kids singing along to, "Thou shall not kill." You know what I mean? Yeah, and like Jason goes to Manhattan, where he transforms back into the little boy, scared of water, and it's wow. I was talking about a cinematic classic, and you just <laughs> fucking took us to Jason goes to Manhattan. Jesus Christ. No, at least I, I think get your, space. but I get your point. <laughs> if you're going to do a segue like that, it's going to be on this show, kiddies. <laughs> but I, I would not hold the Lost Boys to Jason Ghost. Of course you wouldn't. Of course <laughs> so. you wouldn't. If you're lost in a maze somewhere, right? Yeah. Or an amazing maze maze, mm-hmm. you're going to use the torched version of Jason Goes to Manhattan as part of your like fire lantern that you use to find lost boys you're not going to torch lost boys to find exactly right what movie would you torch 
to find another movie off the top of your head. And it can't be the ones we just listed. <laughs> oh, and it can't be the ones we just listed. So I would torch V for Vendetta. Fired up. I would torch V for Vendetta to find Sky High with Kurt Russell and oh. Courtney Cox. You know what? With Courtney Cox. Didn't she play his wife? No, that's fucking, what's her name? Oh, Rest no, in no. peace. That's, yeah, no, I'm sorry. That's my bad. That's my bad. What's her name? God damn it. Um, she Preston. Pa- Kelly Preston. Yeah. yeah, she passed away. She did. She did, but yeah, I would, tor- I would torch me now, for Vendetta first. you're I thinking have. of 3,000 Miles of Graceland where Kurt Russell's yeah, yeah, banging, yeah. He banging out Courtney Cox and Kevin Costner shows up and he's like, pork chop, greasy, greasy. We mm-hmm. kicked your butt easy. Easy. I got my son saying that now. It's fantastic. That's awesome. It's fantastic. Tell you what, kids, nothing like teaching a three-year-old how to say some obscure line from a late 90s movie. It might have been 2000. Might have been early 2000s. Yeah, An obscure was. movie at that, because I don't think a lot of people know that movie. Mm. That was one of the worst ones my mom rented. Mm. Like, just randomly. And I remember watching that one. Because of Costner. She rented it because of Costner. Probably. Every mom in America, white mom, rented <laughs> Kevin Costner's movies. <laughs> We did own dances with wolves. Of course, you did. It's a great <laughs> and movie. And Field of Dreams. It's a, that, another great movie. I'm saying, if we go back, we probably did own every Costner hey, film. Hey, I could talk about Costner all night. <laughs> I am a Costner loyalist. I love all his movies. I even loved Waterworld because Dry Land is not a myth. Back to you. What, what would Jimmy? you torch? What would I torch? I would torch every single last copy of David Lynch's Dune. Okay, to get. To V for Vendetta. (laughs) And everybody knows how much I fucking hate V for Vendetta. But I'd rather watch that. And I would go, I would look for this in some, and I mean like, when I say this amazing maze maze, it's tall as the eye can see. There's no hopping up and up and down to kind of see, you know, exit signs. You know what I mean? And it's late and it's dark. And you're by yourself. You're not there with your friends. Now, if I was stuck in Amazing Maze Maze with a bunch of my friends, shit. And you don't want to wear the white flag and look like that guy. No, we'd just be hanging out. We'd find a way. (laughs) Or we'd eat each other. Or we'd kiss. But (laughs) the point is, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. Um, I love this movie a lot. I know we haven't really given it the credit it probably deserves by... Break it by breaking it down, and that's okay. Though. But essentially, it's it's an hour and a half. But I think this should encourage people to go watch it. I think it should. I think it's a well deserved, or it's well deserving of its fanfare and mm-hmm. love. You know what I mean? Um, I was trying to think of some other fun tidbits about this movie, but I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head other than the cast and the DVD and all that shit. Um, that's more than I had. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of you. Yeah, I did a little. I tried to do a little research for these things. Did you re, did you recast at all? I did not recast. I didn't recast either. Because the, the remake is the recast. Yeah, the remake is a recast, and I that thought, remake. And I thought it was a solid remake. That remake and that recast. I mean, you got fucking um, Anton Yelchin, rest in peace, mm-hmm. uh, playing Charlie Brewster, and I like how they kept the character names the same. You have Imogen Poot showing up as Amy, but she's more like a goth fucking alternative kid. You know, and it's pretty cool because he's kind of like a punk skater kid. I liked that. I liked his buddy Ed uh, being recast by a McLovin. You know, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Was he on House Arrest or am I thinking of a different movie? What do you mean? Charlie. I don't think he was on House Arrest. I think they moved. 
I'm thinking of a different movie, I think. You know what? I think they had just moved to like that town. Yeah. And somehow he like, but his friend Ed he, lived another town over or something like that. Yeah. I think that's how they switched it. Like Charlie's the one who's, who moved in. Right. Right. And he met Ed and they kind of hung out. Yeah. I'm thinking of a totally different movie. Yeah. Because Tony Collette played his mom. And like they, the way they described it was like the father was out of the picture. They moved to this new town. Tony Collette's like a struggling, like new working, like single mom working crazy hours, you know? So that's how she was again out of the mix. But, but they gave her a lot more character development than they did mm-hmm. his mom. Like his mom is just like the, the oblivious old white mom of the eighties in this movie. Like she, she could very well have been the same mom from the first. Oh no, I won't say that. I was going to say the same mom from the first gremlins movie, but that mom from the gremlins movie fucking owned it. She fucking crushed it. <laughs> she could have been Doris day, but she ended up being fucking, Doris Dillinger when she fucking threw those gremlins in the blender. Oh, you know, yeah. Do you hear what I hear? Song, a song. And then all of a sudden she's fucking killing the gremlins with a fucking <laughs> snake knife. You're like, whoa, you know? Head of its time kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that remake with Colin Farrell, everybody did such a great job. David Tennant as the new uh, Vincent character, but, yeah. he, but he was more of a David Blaine type uh, character, you know what I mean? That was really cool too, because I think they were in like Nevada. Yeah, they were. Chris Sarandon showed up in that too. He plays a guy in the car that gets murdered like in the in the highway in the middle of the night. Okay. He showed up to do a little fun cameo. Because again, he loved the, the franchise. Yeah, I'd have to go back and see the, the Rebit because I haven't seen it. I think I saw it when it first came out. I need to see it again too. Like not in theaters, but I think when it came out to rent. You I know what I've been wanting to watch again? I've been wanting to watch uh, the Total Recall remake too. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in so long. I think I saw it in theaters. In like 2011 or some shit, and then I never saw it again. It was a PG-13, wasn't it? Didn't they drop the rating on that one? I think they did. But, I mean, you have Jessica Biel, Kate Beckinsale, and mm-hmm. they fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, Cranston's in it, Brian Cranston. So, I mean, you know, it had good people in it. I've, I've been meaning to watch that again. But I would like to watch the remake, uh, the Friday Night remake again. Me too. We'll let, we got to do the sequel. The sequel's... In my opinion, it's just more fun. Okay. Um, Peter Vincent comes back. Charlie Bruce comes back. Amy's back, but a different actress. Oh, hotter actress. Okay. Smoking hot. Not like my smoke show of a wife, but you know. Um, and yeah, so it's 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 Jerry's sister. And you and said she 1989 is well, the villain in this one, and she's back for revenge. So the original Amy in 1989 was probably with. Um, Married with children. Married with children. She just yeah. didn't want to leave the show. Not even for like five weeks in Vancouver. Yeah. I don't think she was on the show like all the time. Either. Yeah. You know, they just didn't want her back. Marcy. That's her name. Marcy. Oh, okay. Not Marsha. No, I think it was Marcia, Marcia, Marcia. <laughs> Um, Should we rate it? Yeah. Is it too soon? I don't think so. No, I don't think it's too soon. We've been talking about it for almost an hour. All right. All right. I don't know if it was all... It was devoted to yeah. Was, what is the best Roddy McDowell movie? Real quick. I don't know. Is it Planet of the Apes? Because he was phenomenal in it. I haven't seen the original Planet of the Apes. You've never seen the original. I need to see it. You can find it somewhere without even paying a cent. I guarantee it. I'm sure I can. I've seen the Wahlberg and I've seen the the Wahlberg's good. The new one. And I like the Wahlberg. I like for the what Wahlberg one. People don't people, like it. They hate on it because it was totally different. I like the but, Wahlberg one. I think it's fine. Yeah. You know. It did its thing. He Burton should have just gone with Johnny Depp and given him some eyeliner, you know. Yeah, he would have been perfect. Some, 
They've, they've done so many things together. I know. That's like, I was reading some um, Carpenter stuff, you know, since we're talking about October here. Carpenter and Russell. Yeah, like, just, you know, how They Live was originally supposed to be Kurt instead of Roddy, but they had kind of, not parted ways, but they decided to go different actors. Yeah, why? Like, yeah. The studio also, um, Ghost of Mars was supposed to be Escape from Mars. Hmm. Um, so it was supposed to be the third escape film, but why did they, see, the studio didn't I, want Kurt Russell because of Escape from L.A. And so they when I read Cube. when I read that shit, I fucking lose my mind because <laughs> Ghost of Mars is a terrible movie. Now, don't get me wrong; I don't mean it's a bad movie. It's mm-hmm. a terrible movie, but it's still fun as shit to watch. Yeah, I just rewatched it. Um, but okay. Jason Statham shows up for fun, I think, in that mm-hmm. one. Uh, Pam Greer is great as always. <sighs> um. But yeah, man, if they had made that an Escape from Mars movie, like the third, the third chapter with Snake Plissken, can you imagine if Snake Plissken showed up and was fighting those motherfuckers? So yeah, I watched it this time again. Did you just pretend Snake Plissken was in there? Well, through that lens of seeing Ice Cube and like just thinking how much better lines could have been delivered if yeah. it was names Plissken. Like, right. you know, just, you know, every, every like the I dry think, of Kurt Russell's deliveries. Because we did Escape from LA, didn't we? I think, we, I think did. we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think LA's problems was that it tried to just redo exactly what New York did, mm-hmm. almost shot for shot. Like, except they just it's it's pretty much it's a remake of New York, and I think that's the problem. I think they should have just they could have kept all the server shit. That was kind of cool. They could have even kept Peter Fonda. I liked that. Um, I liked a lot of characters that they had in there. I liked Pam Grier's character being a dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I liked uh, Steve Buscemi showing up for a good time. I even don't mind the basketball where he launches that fucking basket from down the court. And apparently it was a real shot because he practiced every goddamn day to nail it. That's Kurt Russell for you. Kurt, Russell. Kurt, fucking, <laughs> Kurt fucking Russell. But I just think it, it could have gone, had it just gone a little bit different, you know, mm-hmm. in a different direction maybe. Or the premise might have just been slightly skewed. And that's why that, that Escape from Mars idea just fucking makes me crazy, frothing in the mouth, because I'm like, Snake Plissken in space, come on. Yeah, because I think like the original working title was like Escape from Earth or something like that, or Escape from some space, fucking something love like it. that. Like, just because he'd done so much. Right. Um, this and- guy's a badass. It's, it's kind of like Suicide Squad, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's a badass, but he's a fucking felon. We want to lock him away in the darkest hole, but oh shit, we got to let him out because we need one more favor. That's that's what Snake Plissken's world is all about. That's the mythology. Mm-hmm. You know, Who's going to do the job that nobody else can do or will do? We got to get this guy to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Because I think a lot of, I had read a lot of the original script of Ghost of Mars was that original script. That oh, shit been blows me, man. Thirded. Shit and blows so. me. Blows me. And I love Ice Cube, but still, it it changes... Him versus Kurt Russell's does change I the really, tone of a film. I really don't love Ice Cube. So. I liked him in Friday. And that's kind of where it stopped for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really... Ice Cube, come on. Now, what? Ice now Ice T, I'll fuck with Ice T every day of the week. And what, Cop just, killer, law and order, surviving the game. And, but I don't mind Ice Cube for what Ice Cube does. I don't sure, mind, like, sure. are we there yet, barbershop, things I like do. that. I do. I mind all of it. But what I'm saying, it, it changes the whole tone of the film. Yeah. With him versus Kurt Russell being one hundred percent. Well, first that, of all, it changes scene. the tone of any film when you replace Kurt Russell. Yeah. Because look, I don't look. I don't just like Kurt Russell. The fuck. I fuck. 
I'll fucking love Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who doesn't? Oh, man. We have six beautiful ratings on this show, possibly even seven, uh, when we rate our films because we like to stay in the flavor of positivity, right? Mm-hmm. You know? We're all getting older. Yeah. You know? We didn't decide when we came into this world, and we damn sure don't get to decide when we leave. So until then, in the words of Richard Pryor, you might as well put some sunshine on your face. Top of the heap, we have Risk COVID Good. All right. Mm. Risk COVID Good, okay. Call it a work good. Movie theater good. This is, of course, assuming that movie theaters in normal times outside of COVID. Home video good. Catch it on cable Good. Sick with the flu. Good. Gotta get those flu shots, kids. And solitary confinement. Good. Jimmy Golden Cadillac Johnson, you're a friend and a scholar. What do you think? If they had a 25 anniversary edition, I would go see this in theaters. Would you really know? I would. I would go see it under normal circumstances only with my friends. Yeah, I mean, and, and I wouldn't want to go see it alone, like, but... Yeah, this is the kind of thing that, that, to me, this is a group viewing movie. Mm-hmm. I was talking about this on, on one of my rants the, the other night on the podcast. I really do miss watching movies in groups. Um, one of the, my favorite things to do is to put on a movie. Just a, it doesn't have to be a fucking crazy party. Just a handful of friends and just, or even another friend, you know, just me and another guy, you know, maybe we're tugging on each other, maybe we're sucking on each other, who cares, and we're just having a good time, no homo, and, uh, and uh, we, uh, we watch the movie, mm-hmm. you know, and we have a good time, and we laugh, and I like it, now, don't get me wrong, if it's the Nolan trilogy, we sit there in silence, you know what I'm saying, if it's Heat, we sit there in silence, okay, if it's Robocop, we sit there in silence, unless we're quoting it, quoting along with the movie, then we're mm-hmm. allowed to do that. But this is the kind of movie where you're allowed to have some banter. Like, oh, what the fuck is that? Come on, Amy. You know what I'm saying? Just, I like, this is the kind of movie where you get you, you have a good time because of the crowd, you know? It is. You, you can really build everybody up. Now, I will say about the Nolan universe, I do have one qualm with it. I was thinking about it. And it's and it's only, not even a qualm, it's, an, it's a way an actor plays a part. And it's the, <laughs> the guy who is sitting with Gordon when he's camouflaged as the um, squat guy when they're moving the Joker. When he's like, why are we going down here? He just seems to overact the whole scene. Oh, that's Nicky Cat. <laughs> Nicky Cat is, you know, I, I don't know. He was given, but I, he was given those lines for a reason though. Oh, 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 this is not good. Oh, not good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he, other than that, he was in uh, one of Nolan's first movies, um, Insomnia. Okay. With, uh, you know, where they're in uh, Alaska. Oh, yep. I don't know if you've Robert seen that. Have you yeah. seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good one. And um, and Nikki Cat is like the, the, the local cop that's kind of like very doubtful of Pacino coming in and like, help with you? What do we need help with? You know? And I don't know if like Nolan has like friendships with some of these actors, but he tends to like pull them back in. Okay, yeah. And they're actors that are not normally like used on big set productions. Like it's, um, it's kind of interesting. Like, He'll put these actors and kind of sprinkle them in through his other movies, and you'll kind of see him in the background. And isn't it amazing how like people will give like Sandler crap for the same thing, but you see so many of these other directors do, I love do it. it all the time. I, like, think, it's I think it's great. great 
It builds you the help, rapport. It builds the rapport. And the and, chemistry in the film. And I feel like as a viewer, you kind of like it too. Yeah. Most people. I mean, I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. I love seeing. I love seeing those those direct to Netflix movies from from Sandler, where he has Kevin James, Rob Schneider, yeah. David Spade. You just you wait for them to pop up somewhere in the yeah. film, even if it's in a small part. And, and and you know that they're actors and they're getting a check. Mm-hmm. And they're not all like fucking crazy successful like Sandler. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool that he brings them out, brings them along, and gives them gives them some gives them some work. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, I think when you become an actor and you and you stay in that world for so long, especially starting off like SNL or, you know, in comedy. And once you leave that show, it can go one of two ways. You can start off, you can leave and do a bunch of movies and be very successful. Or you can kind of trickle off and fade away. And a lot of those guys kind of faded away a little bit. You Unfortunately, know? yeah. Like Rob Schneider just dropped a, 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 I think it was like a stand-up special. So I know he's still doing stand-up and I think he tried a show couple years yeah, he, ago he did it's rob or something like yeah, that which, something like that it was kind of like a spoof of his own real life right like um but, but i don't know how successful it was and I, and I know david spade's show just got canceled even though that was like on for like a year and a half so like they still worked but like yeah and the t- well the top peak of, unfortunately for schneider's like standalone in my opinion was deuce bigelow like, yeah it was great but then every, everything after that seemed to take a little less of a hit like i mean Hot Chicken the Animal were okay, but Dude, then... first of all, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> the best thing about that whole movie, the best line in that whole movie that I'll always remember <laughs> is... That's a huge bitch! <laughs> <laughs> when, when that woman is so giant and so big that we don't even see her face. It's kind of like the Muppet Babies where you yeah. just see like the feet of the nanny or whatever. <laughs> this woman is so big on screen that like you don't, the camera, like they just have this thing walk on set. And obviously it's like a woman or a dude in women's clothing that's just like so like in the frame of the shot that you can't see anything outside of her. Mm-hmm. And you just hear this off, ca- first of all, anybody yelling off camera or anybody yelling on the other side of a door outside of a closed door is always going to be funny to me. <laughs> like a closed a clo- like that is fuck hank was that your work sure was i knew it you know what i mean like that still kills me to like it makes me smile and and giggle but if i see that scene like i'm gonna fucking die laughing i always quote the um did you say steaks (laughs) i said oh now he got me all hungry see now i feel like i need to watch black sheep and deuce bigelow tonight just i love that kind of shit man me too I love that style of comedy. I guess that's why our show is kind of inappropriate sometimes because I still revere that style of comedy. Because we grew up on that kind of comedy. Right. And, and it's bad sometimes, like, I don't know, I hate seeing them, and maybe you do too, like, where you see, like, I remember Undercover Brother, but then when they, they try to do, like, Undercover Brother 2 with a totally different actor, where they're trying to, like, steal from that comedy, but nobody can deliver it the same right. way. Right, same. like, Eh. it's not the same and it seems like people try to rip off some of that comedy and they just don't have the same chemistry that those guys did well it's just style isn't it mm-hmm. you know you either have the style or you don't and when it's mimicked or imitated then people the audience knows mm-hmm. the audience knows for the most part 90 percent of the time the audience knows and sometimes you want something to be so good that you'll kind of especially with comedy you'll want th- those people that are funny to be so funny that when you see them in something like you'll just kind of chuckle anyway because you want the rest of the people in the theater to be like, it's funny, it's funny, you know, and then it's like, that's not as funny as it probably could have been, you know. Yeah. And it, it like, I don't think better. Black Sheep got as much love as Tommy Boy. And it I, didn't. It, and Tommy Boy is a classic, don't get me wrong. But yeah. Black Sheep still had a lot of great parts. Black Sheep definitely went under the radar. And then, unfortunately, I think 
Beverly Hills Ninja in a way. I've never seen it. It outshined Black Sheep, but it was a weaker of the two films. I think just because at that point you introduced Chris Rock, it was a little bit bigger of a budget of a film where Black Sheep and like Tommy Boy seemed to be like back and back when they first were Was released. Chris Rock in Beverly Hills Ninja? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, see, I've never seen it. And but I never Spade saw the it. I never saw the Western one. Yeah, and I don't know, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe he needed Spade. Maybe that was part of his shtick was having Spade by his yeah. side. And it, it's different. I mean, it's the same thing with Blues Brothers. Like, because all of his best sketches had Spade in them. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about it. And Blues Brothers, Jim Belushi, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, because I mean, um, although I don't know, like I don't, I don't think the cast Jim, John. You mean? Oh, did I? Is it John? Yeah. Oh, Jim's al- Jim's his Jim's brother. alive. Yeah. Jim Jim did the canine movie in Red Heat. Yep. But okay. Jim Jim has replaced John um on like the live show. Oh, okay. With some of the blues. Well, that's kind of cool. Like him and him and Dan have still done it. But if like anybody's if blues... anybody's gonna replace him, it should be him as the brother. Yeah, and they did Blues Brothers two thousand where John Goodman took the part, but that's cool. at the same time it was a little bit it wasn't as the same kind of magic again. Well, I don't think you can have a movie like that survive in contemporary America. Yeah, yeah it was ninety eight. When you, when you talk, when you talk about a product of its time, that movie was a product of its time. Mm-hmm. You know, when Aretha Franklin's singing in the diner, oh yeah, and people are doing flips out of nowhere in the diner. That's, I mean, that movie is a musical. Mm-hmm. It's a musical. It's a musical on screen. It's an on screen musical, and people think it's a comedy. Like it is. It's got funny parts, but it's it's pretty much a musical. It is. Like, and the whole thing is like a, a production. Now that is something that they could they could probably translate very well to the stage if they wanted to do They'd that. Do one a Broadway, bit. yeah, and that would it would probably be you know? good. But I mean, yeah, I just it's it's a product of its fucking time, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's like it's like somebody trying to do Batman again. Or Pootie Tang. <laughs> Pootie Tang. <laughs> Pootie Tang is well, I mean, that's like a fucking Pootie Tang is not even a product of its time. Pootie Tang is like a fucking comet. It came out. We saw it one time. We was like, what the fuck was that? Was that a comet or a meteor? And then we've since identified it and we have pictures of it, but it's not the same as first seeing it in the sky. Because mm. I remember seeing it for the first time in theaters. It came to the theater I was working at, the, the Multiplex 4. Yeah. That got like, like all the indie movies and all the shitty movies. So we'd have like, we'd have Life is Beautiful, right? And why was that like the best theater in town at one time? It, it just was, man, because like I said, you would get the indie the indie art ones, art house ones, like Life is Beautiful, and um, I'm trying to think of another like highbrow indie movie. I don't know, but we had them. And then, we, and then we'd have like Blair Witch, but then we'd get like SLC Punk, and then we'd get fucking Bride of Chucky, you know? And so we got um, Pootie Tang, and it was like in theaters for like a week, I think. Oh, wow. But actually, it was fucking slammed. Like it was one of our highest grossing. Like for us, for like mm-hmm. our, when I say highest grossing, I mean like just our busiest. Because I mean, it's like it's like me and one other one other person working there. You know, <laughs> it's the smallest fucking hole in the wall theater with four screens. But that I mean, people fucking loved that movie. You know, and I fucking so I stayed late one night and I watched it. And again, and like I said, it was like that fucking fleeting moment of like a, what the fuck did I just watch? You know. <laughs> Because at first you th- you know it's going to be a comedy, but like, what is this? Mm-hmm. Is this based off of something? Who is this guy? Is it a real story or is it like a spoof? Is it did it come from a sketch comedy show? Like, what is the? And it, was, it was just so random the way it came in. Right. Nothing. Nothing will ever be the same. I, I don't even know if they did any spinoffs or. or I don't think so. Nothing. I think it was just a one and done. A one and done. Um, and 
It's it not was, like Black Dynamite that got that got the show and everything. And wasn't it written by Chris Rock? It was. It was written by Chris Rock and uh, Louis Louis C.K. Yeah, and Lucy Case shows up in the end, and he was bit. the narrator for it. Um, Chris Rock, yeah, yeah, he was. A, he was. He played the dad. He was the narrator, and then he played one of the friends. Mm-hmm. It was like I hate you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, so good, so fucking good. Anyway, so what uh, would you rate it? I don't think you rated it. <laughs> well, Fright Night for me is home video good. Okay, you know, because for me it's it's a classic. Uh, I try to watch it once a year. Um, but I always end up watching like about 30 minutes of it. Then I skip right to the end when I can see the goon melt and I can see, cause I love the, I, one thing we didn't really talk about was how he ends up killing fucking Jerry. Mm-hmm. First, they try to fucking kill him the old school way. Right. But then they try to like knock out some stained glass windows and he turns into that weird fucking Megalodon bat and fucking, <laughs> And then, and then they have to go down to like the basement and then again, knock out more windows. And I mean, I guess when I talk about it, it seems really fucking cheesy, but. But that's what makes it like his response to the cross is super campy. Dude, it's a, <laughs> and I know, you know, it's funny. Every time I watch that scene and the way he reacts to the cross, I go. Is he being sarcastic? Is he being sarcastic? <laughs> I keep waiting for him to snap out of it and go, it's not still not working. Like he's acting it up. But it's almost like he handed up on purpose and then just went with it. Like, they were like, no, we're going to keep it. And okay. Yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was pretending like the cross was working. Look, Kamikaze's, uh, you know, and all the dickheads out there, if you like horror, if you like vampires, if you like quirky, fun vampire horror, campy shit, uh, check out Fright Night mm-hmm. and check out the remake with Colin Farrell. Seriously. I'm going to rewatch it, I think, pretty soon. I think I'm going to give it a nice little rewatch. I'm going to rewatch it, too. It's on somewhere. I don't know what it's on. But I, when I Googled it, it's like on one of the platforms that we don't probably have. But I think it's on Cinemax. Okay. Maybe Stars. Do a, a free trial. I already did my free trial for them. <laughs> it's, it's Stars or Cinemax. I almost paid and stayed on, but I was like, because you could do like, I think like seven bucks a month or some shit like that. And I was like, nah, I'm just not. I, there's so much content. I always do those free towels. And you got to give them like a new email each time? No, I usually do it from Prime and just wait some time. Oh, so that yeah. Way I can do it again. That's good. That's good. I should do that. Um, but yeah, home video good. Home video, video good. good. And you said you said theater good. But with some friends. like With but some like, friends. No, Only if it was like a special anniversary. Yeah, special anniversary. Kind of like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky like you, you know, Picture Show. Yeah. You'd want to see that in theaters just to kind of see that madness that happens with people like but i think i'd enjoy more of the people reacting to the film than i would the film itself. no i'm with you i'm with you i mean I, again that's another example of like a musical cultural phenomenon that's like um you know it's worth its celebration and it's worth the merit it receives mm-hmm. so <clears throat> well i guess we're getting into the witching hour the bewitching hour the bewitching hour it is october it is october <laughs> or is it You'll never be the wiser. So yeah, we're going to get into some vampires. What are we going to watch next on the show? I don't know. What are we going to watch Well, next? you mentioned some John Carpenter. And uh, we were talking about vampires. So Might listen, well. kitties and goblins and ghouls, we're going to be watching John Carpenter's Vampires. With Mr. James Woods. With Mr. James Woods. He's going to be in here live in the garage, in the flesh. What's, what's that? I'm sorry. Is he coming? 
James Woods. Hold on. Is he? Is he coming? Did you call? Did Did you call? Are Is he gonna call back? I'm sorry. I'm still, still trying to still trying to figure out what's going on. Here. Yeah. No. Did you call him? Did you call? Did Did you call? I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. My people are going to have to probably do lunch with his people. And then we'll see. You know? But either way, we're still going to watch the movie. Either way, we're still going to watch the movie, even if he doesn't come up. Is, is he driving? I don't understand. Because I, I know a lot of people aren't flying now. Well, they should. Yeah, the planes are practically empty from what I hear. And they actually have safety protocols. I understand. I know everything going on. We could Zoom them. Did you call? Okay, I guess we'll get back to you on that one. Well, look, kids, whatever we said on this show, remember at the end of the day, no matter what we said, whether it ruffled feathers, whether it caused you some, some, some trouble in your solar plexus, mm. or maybe it caused you a little indigestion, um, remember, that boy just needs a Coke. And uh, it's just fiction. Just fiction. Jimmy, thanks for doing it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. It's good to see you. It's good to see you. And it's good to be seen. Better to be seen than viewed. Did you, did you call? I'd like to begin with a fact. Whether in a small town like McAllen and the Rio Grande, or in Chicago, New York, or Los Angeles, it is business. Big business.